you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. We know Ireland isn't the UK. Well, we do now. (laughs) From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. Got some heroes here. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. Of course we know Ireland is not part of the United Kingdom. Shame on you. If anything, they've they've often clashed. Often, I mean, a couple yes. I'm, I'm randomly just finishing uh, an audiobook called "Say Nothing," which is uh, was like a bestseller on on the troubles, on uh, intrigue, mm. espionage, and lots of violence. How so, is yes. that random? Like you chose to listen to it. Well, I mean, just well, that, that it's this happened here, to come yeah. up today, just as I'm finishing. Oh, well, the it. world but it's, is, it's, is it's extremely a, unique. It, it's electric. We are. Yes, we have learned much about the United Kingdom uh, through our travels. And uh, we are really excited to let you know that we are going back. We are going back to London uh, for the big showdown between the Vikings and Saints. I think October 2nd. Rematch of the Minneapolis Miracle. And um, sort of. Don't want to. A lot of different players. You know, don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but there have been in our trips to London, we always do a live show. And um, usually it's a small room and we're very lucky where it just instantly sells out. And everyone's like, I wish I had a chance to go. Just we're working on the chance for more people to go. And it's exciting, a little noivous, but maybe a bigger room for the ATN live show. That right. Will be we can't, up. We're not sure because of, you know, we got to, Cross uh, the T's, dot the Gotta I's. Got dot the I's, too. But let's just say it rhymes with Bembley Stadium. <laughs> no, I'm just – that's a joke. It was a good one, too. Yeah, uh, to be clear. This is the Thursday show. A lot of content coming your way. We hope you're enjoying it. Of course, Wednesday was the 58th annual Fantasy Extravaganza, so dig into that. Be sure to dig into that if you want to win the whole effing thing. Uh, draft style also – the Hard Knocks uh, recap is up with me and Connie and for you UK and surrounding territories and down in Oz and Australia that have access to Hard Knocks uh, as of Friday. There you go. That's per- perfect. You watch Hard Knocks. You pour yourself a pint. You listen to Connie and I chop it up. It's perfect. Today, Mark, how are you? you I, there's a tension with Mark No, right I just – um, I this happens at once every 15 shows or so. What's that? Where I just was watching you two do the show like I was a viewer. <laughs> I forgot that I – I literally just sort of forgot that I was part of the show. You can, I've enjoyed what you two have there produced. There are Mark energy you. days, and I feel the energy. Is it because it's a little bit of a late start? Is that what this is about? I have a uh, a so, place to be after, I which I announced to the crew yes. this morning. So There is always a place to be, it seems, with you right now, Mark. That's not untrue. It's like the, the computer goes, Ding! no, I mean, I'm here to, to, but with to, this to, is to our do job this part of this. We have right. to do the job. 
Well, that's I'm not against that. I'm not. I think you entering uh, a little later every once in a while has like a Kramer like vibe. Maybe we could make a wacky (laughs) song that comes with you. It's like you know when you enter the room. Round of applause. Everyone cheers. That was a little bit of a a jump the shark moment for some with Seinfeld when they started giving a uh, a crowd pop when Kramer came into Jerry's apartment. So, but maybe you know we're at the stage where, where we may be jumping the shark. So maybe. Mark gets the applause. <laughs> Have jumped. Maybe. Maybe this is the time. Let's work on that. Tenth season. Tenth the season the NFL around podcast. the NFL. What a Un- celebration. Believable. Coming up, it will be our tenth season doing this show. Thank you to everybody that's been along for the ride. Coming up on today's show, which I'm almost certain Mark will be around for the entire episode, but we're not sure. That's the hope. Yes or no? Absolutely. I, I think the thing that you're missing is I'm fully committed to the, the project at hand, the task at hand. It's just that there right. are other life issues and pressing issues on the other end of this. I understand that. We are going to, you know, we haven't done it in a while. What's more likely? That's one of our favorite games. What's more likely? A sound drop. Ah, a staple of the early days of Around the NFL. And uh, we're going to bring it back. We had, like I said, the, the uh, fantasy extravaganza. Uh, you know, we're going to do as a supplement to that, a little spinoff. It's not necessarily hardcore fantasy, but just offensive players and some either ors. What's more likely? I mean, that's one of the best things about what's more likely. It, you immediately understand the, the premise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> just three words. Yep. Before that, <laughs> let's hit the news. But I went back to work, got up on Monday morning, and there it was. Glory hope. What? He did it again? What was the context? It doesn't matter. I want it. There's only one owner that would say such a thing. And I don't I wouldn't assume that the context is too far off of what other people would think Can the we context is with Jerry Jones. Is there a longer Not the context or yeah, if you have the context, but Gravedigger? Um unaware of the context. Okay. Right. We'll <laughs> just hear it again then. Just, we'll just hear it again. This was on Twitter, so we pulled it off Twitter. <laughs> but I went back to work, got up on Monday morning, and there it was. Glory hole. <laughs> well, it, it was on first take. I know that. Uh, uh, on uh, ESPN's show, sure. he was with Michael Irvin. But I don't know what, what prefaced uh, that. That's Wonders. what makes it great. I mean, we, it's just left to the imagination. Do you know what's not great? What? The Cowboys' offensive line mm. without Tyron Smith. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that Smith <laughs> suffered an avulsion fracture. There it is again. My boy, Mekhi Becton, same thing. Avulsion fracture in his knee, and he will be out until at least December. And I guess, of course, with injuries, there's varying levels. But when we learned that Becton had the same injury, it was immediately he's done with the Cowboys. They are holding out hope that he could return. But the idea is that it would be a stretch run return at best. And, uh, Mark, this is a Cowboys line that is no longer – you know, considered one of the mightiest in the league. And if you take Tyron Smith out of the mix, especially in late August, that's a major issue for this team. Well, it shoves Tyler Smith, 
who, uh, you know, into a different position to play left tackle, which he did play in college, but he's that, extremely the raw. What, the same last name? Especially, I feel bad for the beat guys because now you got to write the full names whenever you're talking about the subject. It's confusing. And it just, oh, like, it, it looks clunky. Right. When you get stuck writing a sports story about a father and son, for instance, you got to keep doing the yes. full name over and over. And this is the same situation. I think Smith in general, we need to, have, if anyone with the last name Smith, <laughs> we need to re-engineer some of the Smiths, maybe 50%, so that we have more variety because mm-hmm. this happening too often. But, he is now, you know, potentially going to have to go do left tackle. And I, this is the thing, you know, Jerry Jones said, oh, we'll have Tyron Smith back for the playoffs. That was another quote he had. It's like, okay, that's presumptive. I get that you're Jerry Jones, so you're going to say that. But this is a team that if you look at their offseason, I think it was one of the one of the, the less least productive, um, more hazardous offseasons around because they let Lyle Collins go. Mm-hmm. Who, who they could use right now. They have tackle la- of lack of tackle depth in oh. general. And so now they've got this problem. Because, by the way, Tyron Smith, they would have known over the past two years that durability has been a major issue for him no matter what. At some point, you just have to factor in that maybe he doesn't finish games and maybe he misses games. But then on top of it, their other big issue is that they let Amari Cooper go for one of the worst trades of the entire offseason. Mm. They're wicked thin at wide receiver. Wicked. And that's why you're getting Jerry Jones in a third quote saying <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott will be the engine of this offense because you're a limited offense right now on the line at See, wide I, receiver. I knew you were on one today, Cecil, and then you dropped wicked. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be a wicked nice Wicked is, show. yeah, a, a Western Massachusetts <laughs> slash Connecticut type of thing. Or not just Western Mass, really all of Mass. I think more Mass than, not, than that, Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, but, but I, mean, I had a lot of it, Massachusetts crosses friends, over. You know? yeah. It's a killer. You know, they, they did draft um, Tyler Smith. You're right. It's, it's, uh, it's bothering me. Um, with the idea that he was going to be <laughs> the left tackle long term. He's been playing left guard. It sounds like they're not so sure. At least the reporters who cover the team the most closely aren't sure whether they think they can trust him. They have Terrence Steele who was who was there, but they he was a swing tackle before and you were hoping he was gonna be a starter and there are potentially some players available. Isaiah Wynn is a guy on the Patriots who was drafted in the first round who's played pretty well that supposedly that might, a lot of sense. might yep. be available. And you mentioned that Cooper trade. They have uh, among the most amount of uh, cap space in the league, the Cowboys, which is bizarre because they could absolutely fit Amari Cooper in. But they could afford uh, to give up uh, a real draft pick for a guy like Isaiah Wynn, and I think the Patriots would probably take it. And if you're the – especially the Eagles, but also the Giants, and you're getting ready to take command in Washington – you see it. It is there. That division As we is all know, decided to really go ahead and uh, start to take command. Wide open. And the Cowboys, I won't write the Cowboys off. I think it would be fools to do that. But it's absolutely now within the range of outcomes for them to really take a big step back when you now factor in the Tyron Smith issue. It's there. And, and I know he missed a, a decent amount of games, but the people that are really into covering line play said it was a return to form for him last year. He ended up being second ranked, uh, according to PFF. Mm-hmm. Brandon Thorne, you know, Mike Golick Jr., all the guys who love him and see him rightly as a future Hall of Famer. That's what Tyron Smith is. And I think you have to worry, unfortunately, for, for his career, just such a bigger man who's, who's getting up there and you're an injury like this, you have to worry about that. But he he was playing very well last year. Well, so when they when they were at their best, their, their offensive line was their strength. And there were a couple of years where we just assumed it was still their strength and it wasn't and they were injury battered two seasons ago and now they're shattered. Now it's like Zach Martin and a bunch of questions and it might be that Andy Dalton year, except Dak Prescott back there. All right. The fantasy heads also plug in on that for Zeke and Dak. All right. In other news, you mentioned that Isaiah Wynn 
is on the trade block. Uh, Albert Breer of SI reports that the Patriots have talked with other teams about trading the offensive tackle, who was uh, the t- number 23 overall pick in the 2018 draft. He's in- entering the final year of his deal. Also on the block, um, according to sources, is Mike Jasicki, uh, the Dolphins' tight end who doesn't seem to have a natural position, uh, is being put in a situation this summer where he's more in a blocking role, which is not what Mike Gazicki is a lot about. So the idea here, Mark, is that the Dolphins could move him, get some value because he is a guy that produces. Well, they can get value. I think that there's a handful of teams that um, I don't know who they're talking to yet, but I think that if, if he's available, uh, this is someone he's, you know, he's going to come with a $10 million cap hit fully guaranteed because he's tagged. But it, I, I think there's a bunch of teams would say, we can use him. I'm a little surprised that Mike McDaniels wouldn't want to find a way to use him too. But this is the Mike McDaniels system, the Shanahan system, where blocking as a tight end is a massive priority. And they've been trying to, you know, they have, like Mike McDaniels also down, like downgraded the concept of this trade happening right away, which is just coach talk potentially. But he has, like, Gasicki's been good in practice. I think it's the blocking part where he's still in development. It's not a strength. Right, but I was really surprised when they gave them him the franchise tag because of his system, because they really— Well, why do that then? Right, that the, maybe they thought that— Seems he could a little work. sloppy. <laughs> like, honestly, it just—this feels like such a Dolphins— thing because he's Miami I think think if I wanted to be a little more generous because he's really talented and he's just a wide receiver I mean to me he's he's very similar to a a poor man's Kyle Pitts or what we think Kyle Pitts is going to be literally if you watch what Kasicki did and he said it he's like look I haven't played tight end he is playing as a slot or sometimes even out wide 75 percent of the time there's not much difference between him and a Cooper Cup Uh, but that that's um a notable name, I think, here is because, like, Cooper Cup kind of plays tight end for the Rams. You don't have to be some monster guy. You just have to be willing and be understand how to do it. Like, Cooper Cup kind of is a tight end. He, they ask him to block. He plays that role for them in some ways. But if Kasicki can't do it and you just look at him, he's like a tall, he's a lanky, really fast guy. Maybe go get a third-round pick. I, this is one of those trades where I think you could actually get a nice-looking pick. Cooper Cup is kind of a tight end. I mean, I know what you're saying, but, like, a lot of wide receivers block. Oh, not – not. I don't I don't think like they That's do in, like, the most hardcore of that system where there are a lot of times it's him and another tight end on the field, and they're asking him yeah. to block down, and not that many do at, at that sort of level. I threw out the Browns as another team I think could, could use them, or as a team, the Packers – I think could use them. They have cap space. Uh, the Panthers, if the Cowboys wanted to get weird and have two franchise tag tight ends on the same team, they could use a receiver. All right, the Chargers, they need some things to break their way. You know, it, it can't be another year where the Bolts get talked up in the summer and then come down in the fall. And they have a little challenge in front of themselves right now because J.C. Jackson, their big signing uh, to secure their secondary in free agency, he had ankle surgery on Tuesday. Uh, the timeline is two to four weeks, which is not the end of the world here, Mark, but also not ideal, and you just have to wonder where his health is at after the four weeks, where his conditioning is at, and all that. So it's just not the best way to get off on a new contract. Like and we're this. at the point now, because we know what these teams look like, that it does. it's okay to mention who they're, who they're what games he might miss, and it's the Raiders and Chiefs. I don't love that 
at all because mm. it's like someone's got to cover Devontae Adams right out of the gate. And it sounds like Michael Davis might be the one that gets pushed up into the starting rotation here along with Bryce Callahan, Asante Samuel Jr. But the whole plan here, J.C. Jackson, uh, you know, pro bowler, second team all pro, ball hawk was the perfect addition for the secondary, which, I mean, there's talent there. And there's a lot of new faces on this defense in general. So you're missing reps. You're missing a chance to kind of just be in the mix with this, with Brandon Staley defense. And so I don't love it, but two to four weeks is better than 12 to 14. They, who has a bigger uh, first five games of the season than than the Chargers with the two division rivals in five days? And and you did see one of their beat reporters, I think it was the athletic guy, Daniel Popper, but I could be wrong, which kind of suggested that like him playing two games in five days was a lot and that uh, almost out of the gate, the team might be kind of circling that Thursday night opener as, as his hopeful return gives him five extra days and not asking him to play twice so quickly. Uh, other injury news, Chase Young, the star edge for the Commanders, was put on the reserve pup list. Uh, he tore his ACL in Week 10 last season, so he's out for at least the four games, first four games of this season. Uh, Kenyon Drake uh, has been released by the Raiders, or they plan to release him uh, if they can't find a trade partner. So that is another uh, Gruden uh, Mayock move that did not work out so we'll see if he officially released he's officially released okay so he will land somewhere uh, but the Raiders move on and finally uh, in transaction news Shaquem Griffin announces retirement from the NFL he played 50 games in the league mostly with the Seahawks Uh, you know a real uh, inspirational story he was born with a condition that eventually led to the amputation of part of one arm and yet he had a star career in college and played in the NFL. It's one of the great like underdog stories in the league's history. It's an interesting player too because he, you know, he was with the Seahawks with his brother, uh, went to the Dolphins in 2021, and basically had a chance to sign a couple of other contracts in another place. And he he only wanted to go to the Jaguars where it didn't work out because he wanted hmm. to play with his brother. He said that's what gave him. The joy, which I think is, you know, that's it certainly there aren't a lot of brothers in the league, but I can see why you'd want to be doing that. And uh, he is going to be doing stuff with NFL legends now to help the community in Chicago. One thing on Kenyon Drake, I thought, Greg, you had a great tweet that John Gruden in the end did not want Tom Brady or Rob Gronkowski, but he did want Kenyon Drake. Yeah, it felt almost like uh, kicking a man when it's down. But uh, I guess Gruden at this point, no one's feeling Feeling too bad. It, it, it that the whole Brady thing that that really bothered me. And you're right, the Shaquem Griffin story is much of a, a big deal that the NFL rightly made of it. And I think all the attention he got it, it is it is truly remarkable. Like that is a groundbreaking player. There is I can't think of a similar example at least in other American sports. So uh, kudos to him. He said uh, fo- Jim Abbott. He said football. Oh, that's a good good call. Um, no hitter. Jim um, he said football was always plan B, that he didn't really think that that was going to be his life's mission, and so now he's on to, to plan A. It's a good quote. I like that quote. Uh, and finally in the news. And now the show the pros watch, Inside the NFL, with your hosts, Len Dawson, Nick Bonacati, and Chris Collinsworth. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the longest-running show in cable history. This begins our 17th season. I'm very happy wow. to be joined with my co-host to my right, Mr. Chris Collinsworth, starting his fourth year, and to my left, the one and only, Mr. Nick Bonacani, starting his 15th season. This is my 16th. There it is. That is the voice of Len Dawson, who led the Chiefs to victories in Super Bowl IV, 
went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame as a player and a broadcaster, had probably the most iconic photo or one of the most iconic photos in NFL history, the shot of him uh, working on a cigarette at halftime of, I believe, Super Bowl One with a Fresca, bottle of Fresca by his side. Uh, he died at the age of 87 uh, this week, and uh, I play that because Inside the NFL comes up a lot. I bring it up a lot because it was my gateway to the NFL. I was already, by the time I was 10, 11, um, even like 9, I was already following the Jets, but it was Inside the NFL that really got me into the league at large and studying the, the plot lines, and I've always said that this show, our show, um, I try to kind of pattern it after that, mm. how we, we study every team. We make sure to get everybody in there just like they used to do on that program. So Len Dawson, 87 years old. Uh, rest in peace, friend. We got cable late in our household compared to other uh, you know neighbors in their houses. Um, so I missed chunks of things like this. But when, when it did arrive and I started to plug into that, A, they had chemistry, but like pre-world of PFF and – analytics-driven nonsense, and people didn't have coaches film back then. If you were a beat reporter, you basically were out of luck to try to review a lot of those games afterwards. But inside the NFL would go deeper than almost any mm. other pregame show. It wasn't just topical moments. It was like breaking down games. And you're right. You learned about every team. And I thought it was extremely educational, but also because of Len Dawson and the rest of them, like it was uh, – I wonder if that kind of led Chris Collinsworth to go PFF down the road. Yeah. Mm. Nick and all the guys. I mean, yeah. in, in an all-time great um, – he, Super Bowl four MVP, two-time uh, All-Pro, seven Pro Bowlers. And I was just, as you were talking, and I, I love hearing that because uh, I didn't really have a history with that show. It's cool cool to hear uh, mm. from back then. I was just thinking. Dan that, and I were like real tape heads. I don't know what, yeah. what, what you were up to That was the 93 opener. Yeah. That was the season premiere, 1993. I, I, didn't have, I didn't have HBO, but like I, I was thinking as you were talking too, I'd love to hear what, what Chris would say because he'd bring a, a different perspective. And it's. Yeah, I don't know. It, I he still lives on in this show so much, and he lives on like online. So I just immediately like searched Chris Wesley and Len Dawson, and of course Chris has like a couple great tweets about it, pointing out that that both Len Dawson and Johnny Unitas were similar, and that they both were cut early in their careers and, and ended up being MVPs. And that Hank Stram, who of course coached Len Dawson, actually told told Len Dawson, get out of that contract for, for whatever team he was in. For, he was with the Steelers and, and then the Browns first. Get, get out of your contract. You are, you are wasting your talents. And then he ended up becoming a great player. Yeah, it was a crazy draft. Like, so Len Dawson is taken fifth by the Steelers, who needed a quarterback big time and that doesn't work mm. out. Next draft pick by the Browns, Jim Brown. And there were, there was, there was, the Browns were interested in Len Dawson in that draft. So had the Steelers not taken him, they might have gone in a different direction. NFL history looks very different. And just like underline what I was saying about inside the NFL and, and how it was important and how I think it f affected, in my viewpoint, this show is if you were a fan of a team that wasn't relevant uh, in the early 90s, and I was a Jets fan, so that's irrelevant, um, they would always play the Jets highlight from NFL films and whoever they played, and they played every highlight, and Harry Callis narrated it, and it was just like you didn't get lost in the mix, and I think as sports media evolved – it became more and more just studying the same eight teams um, no matter what, whereas that show made a pointed effort to make sure everyone mm. got coverage. So it's kind of like I find it to be like a guiding light. Just like show. our Sunday night recap. 
I know people get mad at us. So I go, you cover more teams than others. You talk about the Jets too much or whatever and all that. Yes, that's naturally part of it. But we make a big effort to make sure every team gets coverage. I think you're making up for those many decades of Jets irrelevance on this show. So you're giving them kind of what what they – I hear that. Speaking of all 32 teams, we're doing a little around the AFC and NFC next week, Monday, Wednesday. I like it. I like it. Good shows. All right, let's take a break, and then we're going to do a little uh, what's more likely. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome back. (laughs) We will be getting to what's more likely in a moment, but I just want to share something with you. Twenty-two to nineteen. Nineteen to eighteen. Thirty to nine. Twenty-three to fourteen. Twenty-three to three. Thirty-one to seven. Thirteen nine. Fourteen thirteen. Seventeen sixteen. Thirty-three seven. Twenty nineteen. 27, 10, 30-10, 29-0, 26-13, 26-15, 20-7, 17-14, 23-37-3, and this year, 2022, Ravens 23, <laughs> Titans 10. <laughs> Ravens, 24. Cardinals, 17. Ravens, Commanders, this weekend. The record books are being written every week. Ravens, fly, fly, fly! A lot of flair. <laughs> it's the greatest streak in sports. Yeah, you'd like to see the commanders wait another week to take command as they're um, being tasked to do in general. Great opponent because regional. Are the Ravens playing their starters? I don't know. But I don't think Lamar is expected to play at all this preseason. Doesn't matter. Tyler Huntley has like had three incompletions the entire month of August or something like that. So yeah, fine. I think we're going to be good either way. Um, we, I, yeah, <laughs> we. I mean, I think this is to me the team of around the NFL is preseason Ravens. Okay, like and it, you know, gets the regular season, maybe not, but I don't see how anyone could not um, respect what they've done. Do we have sound? I believe there's a Commanders player who was asked about ending the streak and um, 
It's even the way he was answering, like he didn't even know about it, and then he was just trying <laughs> to placate the reporter. Let's listen in on that. This is Cornelius Lucas on how they would celebrate if they ended the Ravens' preseason winning streak. Thank you. Ooh, maybe a dance or two. Uh, <laughs> maybe, I don't know, some celebratory chicken wings. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I love chicken wings, so you know, I get it. That's funny. That was what popped in his head, though. I mean, that's uh, that's a great way to celebrate. Maybe not. I don't think I can't imagine Mark really digging into the bone, you know, and ripping the meat off the bone. They do have that like that show hot ones on you on YouTube. They'll when a vegetarian celebrity comes on, they'll eat the faux wings, which I don't know. Like I as a vegetarian, I don't long for that stuff. Um, I do find it interesting. I actually went out to lunch with Greg not too long ago, way back, you know, a couple months. Greg like, who? Rosenthal and like he was. You guys went out his, to lunch. His first thing was at the draft before the draft, and like he was looking at the menu, simply looking for what I would order. <laughs> like he was like a father looking for like his child's uh, picky eating habits. So I, you know, I guess that's endearing. Yeah. Is you, this you, not? Well, like you a, do always think of Mark in an eating situation. If we're at a league event or whatever, you got to look you, out you for Just start yeah. thinking about it. I figure just it like, out though. I typically a, figure it out. He's in a tough spot. He's always in a tough spot. I reached out to. Um, our uh, research department for some uh, more Ravens info, um, some historical context, but they didn't get a response. So maybe they just, <laughs> they're maybe not, not everyone uh, cares as much. Do you? Is this not in a way? And I do think this is the best hard knock season for me. I've, I've had the most fun watching the Lions of of, of anyone I can remember. But mm. why not plug in on the Ravens during this streak? This would have been incredible to watch. You know, behind the scenes, how they emphasize it. You know it's important to them no matter what they I say. Do, I think it's a good point because I was thinking about that. They, You know it's something that's a constant talking point in that building now. Yeah, it's you just catch be. these other teams off guard. What was it four? Mm. What, I would say if you're – if you, um, this is what they should do with preseason games in general is you start the game with the worst players and you add better players as the game goes on. So you stick around for the – forget everyone bails on these right. games like 12 minutes in. By the fourth quarter, you've got Lamar Jackson going against Carson Wentz tonight. But in general, why not, if you're the Ravens, if things on the edge here, mm-hmm. you just insert the entire first team in the I third, fourth quarter. I think it's going to get to that point. Yeah. I think it's – This if, matters. If they win this game and they get through another year, I think they're going to start changing <laughs> their strategy to really see – it's going to become a Harbaugh thing like when he thinks about his legacy. Oh, I think he's thinking yeah. about it already. Although, not that he's going to play his starters or play a different player. In fact, no, they're, that's they're, what's happening they're playing next less, year. Yeah. I think they're playing less than ever right now. Um, just because he's kind of following. So the, the rest trend. of the NFL. They had, yeah, yeah, they had all those injuries last year. He he said that was his main goal was just not getting hurt. Um, all right. So good luck to the Ravens. I just want to see it go on forever. Let's hit it. Let's do it. One of our favorite games. One of the flagship segs of ATM. Live from the Chris Wesseling Podcast Studio in Inglewood, California. It's America's favorite game show. What's more likely? <laughs> Beautiful. That was good, Graver. Nice work. Graver, you know, I got to give Graver props here because um, I asked him to dig out the old drop that our old friend, the gold standard, had recorded once upon a time, but he said live from Culver City. Mm. I had it updated. No, I, got up to, yeah. no, yeah. I think we need to be job. refreshing, the, you know, things as we go. Can, can I can I also offer engaged. a quick update to something earlier in the show? Because Sean Kelly did something pretty masterful behind the scenes as well. And I realize it's not related to the segment, sure. but I think people are curious. Um, the context of the Jerry Jones <laughs> glory hole quote. Yes. It's too late for this. Was that he was comparing how hard he works in life to reaching what he called, in quotes, 
ever-elusive glory hole, um, okay, which apparently means a period of bliss in life following years of hard work. Uh, I'd maybe alter this. I'd maybe go with a new catchphrase for that period in life at this point. I thought it was maybe if we people. were looking for an alternate um, – Definition. Maybe it was the the sun coming through that open hole in the in the stadium. Yeah, open hole for sure. I think um, <laughs> that's a nice way to look at it, Greg. I think if you're not around your children um, and you're not sure what it is, uh, if you type it in and just click into the Wikipedia page. It'll tell you everything you know. How most people see not at work. That term. Please, not, not at work. Not at work either. All right, now. Let's get into it. What's more likely it is? Uh, you should understand what it means. We're going to lay out two um, options here, You're, and the rest of the room is going to say, you know, their opinion. And because we just had our fantasy extravaganza, let's keep it in the realm of fantasy, okay. uh, talking about uh, those players that are going to be taken in drafts over the next week or two. Greg, get us going. Okay. Well, this is a number of players – um, two of which are on the Commanders. We'll be catching passes from, from uh, Carson Wentz. I do feel like Commanders have gotten a lot of pop this offseason. Um, a lot of commanders. commanders in Washington, D.C. Oh, that's why. That's why. Yeah. Uh, that was, they, they thought that out, and they were like, listen, we know not everyone likes the Pentagon, but some people see it as a, a pillar of strength in the nation. And, some do. Uh, and defense. So. Uh, all right. <laughs> Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Uh, the first-round rookie receiver. That sure. I have, don't think has gotten enough pop here on this show. Very little, yes. Um, both go over 1,000 yards this season. Or Stop it. Michael Thomas and Chris Olave of the Saints both go over 1,000 yards. In each case, um, we've got Ohio State and a rookie teammate. What's more likely? Wait, wait, wait. I think oh, yeah, that's right. It. Yeah. We're a little rusty. It's been a while. What's more likely? Um, this is easy for me. Okay. I mean, neither. What? No, but the, what? That's but, the whole thing. Right. It could be twenty percent versus ten, but it's it's they're possible. not more. They're not both. They're not likely either. But I would say so. Terry McLaurin had over a thousand last year. The way that offense was structured, it's a little different now. The next guy had under four hundred, and then it was a bunch of. Garbage but they didn't that. have any good players. No, I, I mean, so I hear you, but I I don't trust um, anything about the Commanders to produce two thousand yard receivers. I could see Jahan Dotson six hundred and fifty yards and mm. McLaurin a thousand. So I'm going to go with I think Olave is going to be a special player. Uh, Michael Thomas is set to do all that, and Jameis Winston, for all his foibles, throws for a lot of yardage. I see what you're doing, Rosenthal. You're always looking for a way to hype up your Saints. So this allows us to speak positively about their offense and the ceiling. Uh, Is he that Machiavellian? No, I, I, I was more like, I want to talk a little Dotson, but go on. Uh, but you know what the answer was going to be. You thought this room was going to say Carson Wentz is going to fire off two 1,000-yard receivers this year? I, I, <laughs> I, I didn't think it through that much, but I think it's close, and I think I would go with McLaren and Dotson. Well, you I, do like McLaren. I'm, I'm, hot, I'm a little higher on Jahan Dotson, who's getting buried in these fantasy drafts. And, and I know you shouldn't trust everything in these practice reports and preseason and stuff, but he – among all these rookie receivers, I think some are struggling to adapt. From day one, it looks like he's the dude. And some some people I respect really believe like he's the dude. And if these two guys are the best two receivers on the team by far, I think they got a real chance. And to me, Thomas is 
is a risk. And Alave, you know, it might be the third receiver there. I think it's close. I, I mean, Alave's had a great camp too and looked sensational. That's fair. The Thomas injury risk is probably the, the part. I'm yeah, I, I'm interested to see Winston in a full season. He's a guy that's thrown for 5,000 yards before. So if they feel comfortable letting him sling it, that's obviously going to open up a lot of targets and ability. Okay. So I think that to me is more likely. Um, Fair enough. So that's where I'll go. Uh, on that note, since you mentioned the Saints, um, I wanted to play into that um, excitement around New Orleans and their offense. Uh, and I also wanted to talk about the Colts. Hmm. Carson Wentz's former team. You had mentioned that I had taken Matt Ryan in fantasy drafts before, and I always lamented that. Well, you mentioned it probably 40 to 50 times. Yeah, like the idea <laughs> that, like, you know. Unless it was like, like our, one season. It was like our entire 2017 <laughs> or whatever year that was. Unless it was that one season with Shanahan where they almost won the Super Bowl, I felt like every year Matt Ryan was throwing 26 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. So let me ask you this. What's more likely? M- Matt Ryan throws more than 26 touchdown passes with the Colts this season or Jameis Winston throws more than 20 interceptions. I'm going to go Matt Ryan because, you know, I don't want to slam on uh, my guy Jameis here. And and to be fair, he's played many seasons in the NFL. What was the number? 26? 26 touchdowns. Or 20 interceptions. He needs to throw 27 touchdowns, Ryan. Ryan. If Winston throws 21, yeah. Which he's done six times. Matt Six. Ryan. He's thrown over twenty. Oh, I you said Winston. Is no, I didn't, no, that was that was where I was going. No, it's like, like everyone only yeah. remembers that one season. Not that Jameis Winston, uh, I would say, was careful and was like had a low number of interceptions, but he only went over twenty once. Fifteen, eighteen. He was suspended that one year. Had eleven, fourteen, and then thirty. Um, I think it's a conservative offense. I don't also even his last full season. He has to stay noted. healthy, right? He has to stay healthy for it. You got the Dalton Assance there. Um, this doesn't come off the tongue great, but I think Matt Ryan with Frank Wright could do it. I'd agree. I think he maybe tops it by one, though. Like, I don't see Matt Ryan throwing 34 touchdowns with the way their offense is structured. And I know that they've talked about Jonathan Taylor not being used as much as he was last year, or that Frank Reich would rather they be more balanced. But I think you're just going to lean on your strength and hope that Matt Ryan does what you'd hope he would do, which probably is throw about 27 I touchdowns. I mean, speaking of renaissances, let's have a Frank Reich in the, in the red zone renaissance. This guy dials up plays to me as well near the goal line as anyone. And I, I think these two are going to be a beautiful marriage. He's got five full seasons of play, Matt Ryan, since that MVP season in 2016. He's never missed the game. missed one game in that time. Touchdown passes 20, 35, okay. 26, 26, 20. So, On bad Falcons offenses. I mean, they weren't, you know. But they had some weapons up until last year. You know. Who, what, do you think, what do you think would happen? Are you allowed to ask, answer your own? I could. Uh, well, I the did. reason why I presented because it's very tough. I, I'm, if I had to, I would. I would say Winston's more likely. Okay, that would be my guess. All right, you're up, Mark. All right, uh, here we go. Steelers rookie wideout George Pickens compiles more fantasy points than Chase Claypool. There are reports that he's been in on, in on two wide receiver sets where Claypool is not, so I think he's going to play. It's a possibility. Or Falcons rookie Drake London sports a higher fantasy output than either of those players, or <laughs> Traylon Burks 
winds up flatlining all season long, oh. coming in under what Anthony Schwartz did a year ago as a cl- rookie in Cleveland, <laughs> a 10-135 one-line, a meltdown that leads Gravedigger to throw himself into a crumpled ball on his carpeted apartment floor, leaving Jessica, Jessica. to sit behind him, petting Jessica. his forehead and feeding him spoonful of chi- spoonfuls of Chinese takeout, General Sal's chicken, and sips of PBR Jessica. out of a can. Mm. Well, I think... <laughs> Go ahead. What's more likely? <laughs> All right, I guess, Justin, you should maybe start with this one. Well, the Traylon Burks <laughs> scenario seems very far-fetched to me. Parts of it. Where are we now? With <laughs> I've, I've lost track ever since I was like uh, the, the fan base came after me. Uh, where is Burks right now? What is the vibe around him late now at the end of training camp as we get to the last preseason game? Well, there's been some reports, and Mike Vrabel said this, that he was running so late into those preseason games because they want to like test his conditioning and make sure he's in shape to play a full NFL game as opposed to just like playing with third and fourth stringers yeah. and that indicating his position on the depth chart. But he did leave practice early on Wednesday this week, and then he didn't practice today, Thursday. Mm. So this was I mean, the they last could say, day They could say game. that all they want. He's out on the field, and they're taking other rookies. We mentioned Kyle Phillips, who looks like their slot receiver, a fifth rounder, off the field. I, I, they, I appreciate that they're supporting him publicly. They should, and they should be getting him ready for the season. But it'd be a surprise if he was starting to start the season at I agree. this point. He won't. He most likely won't start. I mean, it's going to be Robert and Woods and it's Nick Westbrook. One. It's not. It's not the end of the world. But, but uh, ten for one forty-five on the season, yeah, I, I think, is is pretty low. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's ridiculous. Plus, Mark, he does this in his sandwich props. Gets so specific. I mean, if it ends up being beef and broccoli that she's spooning into his mouth instead of sure. General Sows, or if it's like. You know, uh, I'd uh, order the dinner. Like an import, it's like a Kieran beer instead of PBR. Then it, it doesn't count. Like everything's wrong. Well, there were three options, so and I'm going. Still, I'm know. going Pickens because that one seemed likely, quite likely. Once to Once we me. hit the third one, my head explodes. Right, and then, um, the, I like Chase Claypool better than other people, though. I think Claypool could be a breakout guy if, hmm. with better quarterback. Made a play. big play last week too. So you're basically being asked to choose between Drake London, Pickens, and Claypool. And I'm going to give the slight edge of that three to Pickens just because uh, I honked about him before the draft. And so you root for your own takes. So Burks is the most likely. He just has to clear 10 for 145. No, but then. And eat chicken or something? No, he would do that. He would be under. He would be under. under. It's ridiculous. 10, 135 or one. That's ridiculous. It's not if he, A, like, I guess I'll go with Pickens. I'll go with Pickens. Okay. So the initial. But it could be low main. It could be Bud Light. And then it's over. I prefer orange chicken, to be honest. Greg, Greg, it's just a game. (laughs) It's just just a. We're just passing the time. I'm just saying that's how I'm going to answer. So the initial reporting that was out there that led to Zeuser in the power rankings putting it out there that maybe he was a little behind where they'd want him to be, and it's not the end of the world, but it doesn't seem like he's blowing the world up. And then the entire Titans fan base, it seemed, uh, came at me for saying that reporter was lazy and stupid and didn't know what was going on. That reporting doesn't seem so bad about three or four weeks later. Um. Well, so shout out to my buddy Mike Herndon, who had the initial tweet that Burks <laughs> ran a, a route, like didn't finish a route and was being right. coached up to like run through the whole route and then like had to be like adjusted where he was lining up on one snap. Roto World turns that into a blurb that Burks is running with the like second and third mm. string and doesn't know how to run plays, and then it took off from there. Great. Although, Although I, your friend has to realize each tweet is sort of taken as its own 
universe. So if he's going to just put that he needs to be corrected on routes, he has to understand that that might get reported uh, as a thing. Gravedigger, what is what is, what is the slick um, like thing you're wearing on your on your right arm there? If we can go back to the shot of you. Oh gosh. Oh, this is Let's just get... like a little ice pack slash padding for my. I have some nerve issues. It's no, oh, right. nothing yeah. really worth too, Maybe too personal about. of a question. Yeah, very personal. <laughs> but Bully. is he playing in there. mostly with the second and third team offenses or mostly with the first? Um, I, they, He's been playing with all the all the okay. quarterbacks. It's I don't of, know. I think Dan is in the – Dan's he's fine also, with what he – He's also had like 80 preseason snaps with like two targets. So, you know, something is, is going First on. sentence of power rankings entry, ranked 16, your Titans. The Titans used the first-round pick on wide receiver Traylon Burks, but don't pencil him in for a huge role in the offense to start the season. That's perfectly accurate. Right. Who's penciling him in for a huge role right now? That's that person's right. got to question themselves. I don't. I don't even think the writers over at uh, Broadway Sports Media, the uh, the Titans site that Justin runs. What? Like I was. I found out that Titan that uh, Justin helps run an entire. No, site. No, I used to, and then when I oh. got this job, I had to stop doing that oh, conflict okay. of interest stuff. Okay. But yeah, I did build that entire. Like CEO. Okay. I didn't realize from that. Corporation. Like, to corporation. Wow. I didn't know this. You got another one, Greg. Sure, I've got a few. Um, let's go. Let's go real simple. At the end of the season, in Mark Sessler's... That's such a Greg trope of this podcast, by the way. I ask, well, I what just, else you got? Oh, I got a bunch. Well, I don't know. So I'm excited. answering That's good, you the though. question. It's good. I like it. I got to cross out the yeah. Drake London one. We've already Drake London. This day. one's simple. At the end of the year, <laughs> QB Index now being authored by Mark Sessler will include either Dak Prescott in the top three quarterbacks at the end of the entire season or Matthew Stafford as one of the top three quarterbacks at the end of the entire season. What's more likely? Well, I hesitate to answer because it sounds like I would I could just make this happen. Can you no, really? you couldn't. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just Dak versus Stafford. Who who is more likely to have an MVP candidate type of season? Essentially, I got okay. So to get into your that high in the QB index. Okay, you're how one high of the in the index? Three, Top three, Top like, three. It's it's uh, Mark's column. Elite, so I want him to start. In elite season, it, I would say that would be. The highest maybe either one of them has ever finished. Maybe Dak got there once. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm looking right now at – this annoyed me, actually. Matt Stafford's um, ADP is way down there at 90, um, behind a bunch of quarterbacks. I think for me it's very clearly Stafford because mm. I just don't really – we talked about what's going on in Dallas. You've got a, a lack of wide receiver talent right now, and an injury could crush him. Your offensive line is a couple injuries away from being substandard. The and, owner's obsessed with Zeke Elliott right, being a focal just a, point of the like, offense. I mean, just at where we yeah. are right now, and I now listen, now Stafford has the elbow thing, but I, I, I'm not overly concerned with that at the moment about missing games or really even affecting his play. And the Rams' offense, I think, passing-wise, you've added Allen Robinson – and you've got Cooper Cup, and just you've got a coach that knows how to do what mm. he's doing in, in Sean McVay. I'm going Stafford. I think Dang, he was. Did I make a bad choice? This was too obvious. I think it's an easy Stafford for me too. Wow. Uh, but for, do you? But if Stafford's yeah. going to throw a ton of interceptions like he did last year, do you do you factor that in? I mean, it didn't really. It, they had a, a, a long losing had, streak last, had, week, last yeah, year. Yeah, they had a, he had an okay regular season. A, yeah. a, a good, not great. It was pretty season. streaky. I, yes. I remember the, when they went down for that bit. A lot of his bad numbers came from that stretch. I, I think that Stafford, as long as that elbow is sound and it's something definitely keep an eye on to, and to at least think about on draft day if you're you're caught between two guys uh but Dak this is where it's a little bit different with uh, the QB index if I'm not mistaken um having been the only around the NFL uh <laughs> cast member now never to write the column but 
It's, well, what if like a brick falls out of a building and lands on my head? I won't write one either. If, it if I did Power Rankings and QB Index, my head would explode. So, <laughs> But I w- I'll say that like Dak could put up bigger numbers than anybody this year if the season That's goes a I mean. certain and way. And you're evaluating like who's playing better. But is that what QB better? Index it, no, is? It's no, it's evaluating who's playing the best. Right. So it's not it's Stafford, not just I think, numbers. is going to be lights out in this offense this year. Yeah, I think it's a good um, one-two punch, right. though, because there's a— Maybe it should have been Burrow, Burrow Stafford. Hmm. All right. He's a top I, ten football. I do think insider. there's like at least a chance Stafford is like is consistently better than he was a year ago, which hasn't. I feel like hasn't gotten. He hasn't gotten a lot of hype for that. Where he could have a year or two under McVeigh and, it, and it's even better, and that would be scary. He got better and better in that offense. Do you? And now he's grasped it on a full off season. Can I, let me ask you a question, Mark, uh, on a professional level. What will you bring to the QB index that will improve it? From where Greg, where, like where was Greg's index lacking? What are you going to address to improve the product in your mind? Good question. I think it's a very tough question because first of all, Wes had it before Greg, so I think you know we're talking about two icons. Sure, um, I had it before Wes too. Right, so you. That's so very confusing. Yes, I mean I, I, I'm gonna view it as an experiment to put my own. This is like a house on the shore. It's a beautiful house on the shore that keeps on getting sold. And it's just like, why does this house keep getting flipped? It's, like, <laughs> it's a lot of work. And it's like, okay, did my I best. Just, I hope I can did do a better best. job than David Ely does next um, year with it. So, it, you know, I, I'm, I, can I answer this question as a former editor? Absolutely. Mark, like the type of advice I, I would give to Mark if we if we said, you know, I would say Mark brings uh, a certain flair, a certain writerly um, ability and ability to see sort of things in a different way that is absolutely good to lean into. It doesn't all have to be like, you know, his third down percentage is this or like the tape shows this. I think you're stronger than me, certainly at uh, seeing things in kind of an off-color entertaining way and like in- include a lot of Mark in there would be my editor. We'll take this off, Mike. Well, that can, means can you guys get another lunch together to nice. you know chop this up? <laughs> Don't you think that, that was? I'm just saying. All you have to well, do, with, just, all you have to do with Dan is tell him that we went and did anything without Dan, and Dan is going to be. No, well, I just I don't know. I don't remember you guys you having a lot of up. lunches together. That's why there haven't been a lot. Yeah, no. It's not a consistent thing. That, Maybe it's that, time for another one. It was at the I, draft. We, so. we would like I, it took you me, to. I was like, we would like you to come together. But now I I do remember. I um will throw us to break now. But before we do that, you mentioned Ely, um the. The Flashpoint series um, that included, which I thought was just gangbusters work um, by whoever was behind it, the testimonials to the product, the Mm -hmm. Flashpoint product. Um, I reached out to certain people in the newsroom and Ely really respected the process of of booking the role. I just want to play this for you. All right. This is David Ely reading for the role of Around the NFL podcast drop. These guys get it. These guys get it. The guys that get it, get it. And these guys get it. These guys get it. These guys get it. Right, and one more as a throwaway. These guys get it. <laughs> That's a real voice actor. He's given you a lot to, to work with. Although the throwaway Ooh. was exactly like the rest of them. That was a little more playful. The middle one was playful. the one where he did a little improv. Yeah, and I like played that. with the dialogue like a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, did. I was, you know, at in the office when you were Did you use that. them? Did you use any? I hope sure. so. Yeah, of course. Okay. He, came, he booked it. He, he came it. bouncing into the newsroom after <laughs> recording that and let me know that he had taped something. I said, I'm assuming this is some sort of segment 
destroying me that's going to be he's like no actually it's like you're on the right side of history and then he went bouncing back to his desk he had a, he had a fun time his instagram night. stories are often uh like travel logs where he's tra- like pretending to be a travel host so right. check that out if you're into his work as a voice actor do you guys yeah. want to hear something else insane i reached out to five different people at the company to record a line uh, including sean kelly who we love behind the glass Sean Kelly's the only one that took that to mean uh, for him to dig out some uh, AI voice modulator to create a fake voice. <laughs> and I thought Flashpoint well, is simply awesome. And I said to Kelly after we were doing the Hard Knocks podcast, I was like, wow, that was actually pretty cool. It didn't even sound like you. He's like, oh, I got uh, I used an AI bot. I was like, what? <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> you didn't take that as just record something and send it. But Sean, I just want to say. You did go the extra mile, so I do appreciate it, but that was kind of insane. I really appreciate it, Dan. Thanks. I, when you said that, I, I thought I was like, you know, oh, he wants like a, he's going to get a bunch of generated voices. Randy uh, Chavez, behind the scenes, who also has a lot of great social for the pod, does a lot of generated voices. So I'm just like, oh, I'll get a generated voice. And I did. And you wanted a real one. And that's it. You know, on like Instagram or TikTok when they Justin's got the generated Justin's trying to make voices. me like finish up. So I'm sorry. All right. That's, that's it. No idea what you said, Sean. You said it so fast. No one could possibly. If you're listening to this podcast on 1.5 speed, good luck. It's over. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate your effort always. Let's take a break and uh, do a little bit more. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, we're back. Let's finish this off. Uh, do I have another one? Did I go yet? No. I think it's my turn. Is it? Yeah. No, you went third, didn't you? Yeah, I go second. Oh. Nice try. Well, you're asking if you even have one. So, I do. Yeah, I, I got one. I could have given you space to create one. Well, this, that last, has a lot. That last yeah. 20 seconds is where you hope to be on 1.5 speed. Just get <laughs> yeah. through it a little quicker. That's true. How about this? Uh, a lot of Kyle Pitts love in the fantasy community. Obviously, he jumps off the page. He jumps off the screen. Uh, he went through year one as a rookie, so now he's comfortable in the game, and he still put up, I think, close to a 1,000 yards. This could be the year they think, depending on quarterback play, of course, it's always depending on that, that he could become a monster because he has that ceiling. Now, Kyle Pitts, TE3 in fantasy. And remember who we're talking about. There's some giants in there. There's Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Andrews, Darren Waller. Uh, But he breaks into that group, that top three, and displaces someone. Or my boy, Elijah, Elijah Moore, becomes the first 1,000-yard receiver for the Jets since 2015. So two second-year players with a lot of upside. What's more likely? What's more likely? That's really tough because I think both of these are very likely. Like I am very bullish on both of these things happening. I think Kyle Pitts could, could go for like 1,400 this year and, and be an all-pro. Yet I am picking uh, Elijah Moore because I think the bar is just lower there for him, and I mm-hmm. feel really good about both of them. I think Elijah Moore just – you can't teach how he gets open. I think he's going to end up being the clear number one there, at least in terms of production, in terms of consistency week after week. And I feel like that's that's a pretty low bar here with 17 games that he's going to – 
safely clear. And with Pitts, you just never know if Andrews and Kittle and, and like three of those guys have monster seasons. Even if Pitts was good, maybe he could be T4. So I'm going more. Yeah, I think it's like the other tight ends make it tougher on Pitts. Also, I mean, you know, Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, I think there's going to be a lot of like weirdness where they're running hmm. the ball a ton. And like it's, I'm not sure that he's set up for a, that monster season. But being a tight end like and being who he is, I don't think that's improbable. I'm going to go Elijah Moore, though, because I, they have quarterback issues as well, potentially. We just don't know who Zach Wilson is. I, I, it may be better if Joe Flacco's in there for Elijah Moore for a while. But, uh, you know, he had 538 yards last year playing only in 11 games. It just sort of the math tells you that if he get, plays a full season, I think I ticket him for 1,000. You know, Matt Harmon called him a star in the making based on everything he's seen from and watched from. And I think that last year it was a tough offense to be in for every one of those guys. More organized this year round. Elijah Moore has it. I think Garrett Wilson's not – has not been one of the rookies that have blown up in camp. They're, 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 it's not been that journey for him. And so you wonder if Elijah Moore absolutely is just the guy for the first half of the season and beyond. So that, I, that's my dude. I think he's electric. I can't remember – you know, you had Brandon Marshall that one year, but a guy that was really maybe Santana Moss, where it was like, okay, this guy is yeah, he was can, good early. Can make those uh, defenses look silly with how how quick he moves. And he had, you know, he had an eight for one forty one game uh, last season against the Dolphins, and I think he was already blowing up when he got injured. Might have been with Flacco. His I remember when I did making the leap, and that's why I'm so high on him. Is I went back to watch him, and I was just like. Man, this guy's sudden, and he had some of his biggest games with Mike White and Flacco. He did, it but he also Flacco. had a, a big uh, ending to the season when Wilson came back too. So it wasn't all just with those guys. Um, all right, one more, one more. I mean, we could stay here all day. No, no, no. I, no, Greg, I think Greg let's has go. one that he's no. pumped about. I'll, we can I'll do, do that. No, I, I got a few. More. Let's just keep it simple. Second year quarterback. It's actually my turn, though, Greg. So you're, <laughs> oh. you're going you're gonna to keep it simple by listening to this. I wanted to see. You shouldn't have said anything. I wanted to see if he. Uh, how far we could have taken that one. This is about someone that you uh, that you like, though. Sort of for you, uh, Tom Brady. That guy notches forty plus touchdowns for the third straight season in Tampa Bay, operating as a fantasy god. And sticking the landing on a high-octane January playoff spot. Or Tom Brady, nestled inside a depressing autumn, struggles behind a rough-and-tumble offensive line and pumps out a sub-30 touchdowns and 15-plus interceptions. Wow. The Bucks. Hold on. The Bucks. <laughs> you think I'm just going to end it there? The Bucks finish 9-8, and eight, get slammed in a 35-7 wildcard loss to the Saints, in which Brady throws a disastrous pick-six before the half that sees Marshawn Lattimore dance 98 yards down the sideline to carve out a 21-0 lead. <laughs> well, the other one. Hold on. Video <laughs> captures Giselle in a luxury suite, hammering rum and cokes and telling a gal pal, I told Tommy not to do this for another year, but instead be home and play Lego bricks with the kids. Brady retires one week later. Wow. What's more likely? I'm going to ask a requ- make a request. You're like, getting a big pop take- in, in, the, in the back room. A <laughs> lot you, of laughs. Can you take us Bringing the, Giselle back took the, took the can house Can you take down. the spirit of the second one? Where we're talking like, I'm not calling it Brett Favre year two with the Vikings, right. but a darker ending. And maybe, Dan, finally what you a, had thought of so long ago, the gradual, now no. actual decline. Right. Nope. I'll take it as like a, a, a mediocre-ish nope. season where they made the playoffs and maybe he's like the 13th best quarterback. Basically, his 2019 season. We've With seen this season yeah. out of Tom yeah. Brady before. Yep. Um, I'm still going to go that the first one is more likely because this offense is loaded at receiver and humming, and I haven't seen any reason not to believe in it. All right. Yeah, yeah That even – it's funny – 
perspective how things get warped. Even that bad Tom Brady season at the end of New England when they went 12-4 and four and he threw for 4,000 yards, <laughs> 24 touchdowns, and just eight interceptions. He's never even thrown 15 interceptions in a season once his entire career. He's never done it. He's, this is his 23rd season. So I don't think he's getting old. I don't think he's like other people. And I think he'll have another big year. Could there be some bumps along the road? We'll see in the, in the uh, start of the season. But I think by the time we get to December, the Bucks will be a player and he'll be carving up defenses. They were a team we were almost bored by this offseason because there wasn't anything left to say. And now with all the... Suddenly there is. Right. With all the obstacles they have in their way, they're, they're weirdly more interesting. All right. Do you want to throw one more out there? It's Greg? up to you. You seem like you're ready to go. Mine was, <laughs> mine was simple. I sure, keep, do keep it. it. What's nice, happening? The, you, this episode started with you targeting me as someone who needed to hit the door, and now you feel like no, you're... I, 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 it I'm just with feels you. like time, but... Yeah, I, no, I agree. You know. I agree. <laughs> I agree. It feels like time. No, I do want to hear it now. Now I got to hear it. It's so basic, though. Let's hear it's it. it's um, which second year quarterback? Shoot, I, I framed it wrong here. Mm. Mac Jones ends up being the most productive second year quarterback this season, or Trevor Lawrence ends up being. What's more likely? So no one else. There's no other second year quarterback that could even be a possibility. Those are the two that I'm giving you. Well, you've annoyed Dan. Basically, who's <laughs> going to have a better season if you want to just take out the second-year quarterback? Yeah, it was a little. I think they're the heavy favorites personally over over Fields or over uh, Zach Wilson I or Davis Mills. One development in the preseason. Or Trey Lance, for that matter. Is the play of Trevor Lawrence. I, I, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a big, huge jump, and he's in, he's got the right coach, and he's got a couple weapons around him. They're, they're, Travis Etienne looks good. Christian Kirk's looked really good. I, I just kind of think that he's going to make that that leap. And Mac Jones, I think, probably will more stay where he was a year ago, it, it, unless that offense is a complete disaster. Yeah, I I had a um, backup. What's more likely that contended the possibility of uh, Trevor Lawrence being a QB twelve this year? Wow. So that's where I'm at. I'm putting it out on record. He he reminds me a little bit of Josh Allen, maybe coming into his second year. They're very different players in that. He just misses a lot of throws, and that always bothers me as someone that got super into the QB index. And, and, and Lawrence is still missing those throws. And I, don't, I think that's going to come. He does the hard stuff really well, and he's so athletic. But I still think it might it, it might be more gradual where he's like a mid-level quarterback. Even in the last game, he had an overthrow in the end zone. He had a right. bad misfire along the sideline. But I do think he like his athleticism, the way he runs too, there's, there's a lot to like if he can shore some of I that I should have thrown Trey Lance in there, by the way. I mean, people were drafting Trey Lance, by the way, like in the eighth round last year as a backup. Yeah, now no one even like, wants him this it's year. It's not just the Zach Wilson yeah. thing. It just, okay. these, no, know, I think these seasons you're right. can go I think a lot you're right. of different directions. Right. Developing news before we say goodbye. I turn my computer off, so now I'll fire it back up. There goes Mark. <laughs> Did you really turn the computer off yeah. before we ended the show? I thought we were. I, that was, I didn't need a computer to speak with you at the, about the can, end of the show. Can we, can we get a camera on Mark from the moment we sign off to see how quickly he gets out the door today? That's sure. not where I'm coming from. Uh, this from our friend Jordan Rodriguez at... Um, the Athletic. Sean McVay has hired Jay Gruden as a consultant. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Well, I mean, you know, Jay Gruden, where's he been? We know where John is. John's in exile. But Jay, I guess, was out on the streets, too. And now he's now he has a home in Southern California like us. 
I the last I saw him, he was like smoking a heater outside of like a club in Len some Dawson video style. at like one in the morning, looking like a having a good time and nothing right. nothing wrong with that. Uh, I've always thought Jay Gruden is very underrated. I think both him and John Gruden are like a minus play caller slash uh, game designers. And that everything else kind of that comes along with the Gruden packages is what ruins them. That if they could just call plays, they're, they're great at that. I, whenever I hear about these sort of consultant type jobs, overpaid. Whatever he's doing, it's not, he's not doing enough. <laughs> this like, is my very unmarked radar. <laughs> guys who make too much money not working Well, it's hard. like who's doing more work, him or Bruce Arians? I'd love to track that. Let's put a camera on that during the course of the year. Um, do you know the NFL Top 100, they have their uh... – list that's wrapping up. There's 20 more spots. Mac Jones is 85 on the list. That's weird. What is it the voting at this thing? So well, that's like when Baker Mayfield that came means, in at like what that means someone put him as a top 20 player right. and, and people get mad at the NFL Network so we'll make our yearly announcement. Not only is it the players who decide and it's just tallying players' votes, they only pick a top 20 and then it's like a point system. So for someone to even get on the list, that means like multiple people, probably his teammates, put Mac Jones in the in the top 20. There was like one year where the Seahawks were dominating out of nowhere in like 2019. It was like it was clear just like a more Seahawks filled out the form sure. than other teams. So someone put David Montgomery as a top 20 player in the NFL? I would say for I mean, him to land, yeah. And I enough I'm, people yeah. enough people did for him to get even into Ninety-eight. Kyle's Kyle Uzcheck, the fullback for the Niners, made number one hundred. Like he's showing up on a bunch of lists. Right. I like think they Debo, tried to pick someone interesting. Yeah, at it's 100. like Debo filled it out, and he's like, "I love Kyle, man. I'm putting him five. <laughs> or, that's just how it 99. works. I yeah, you just all your own teammates. There were some weird ones. You know, Trayvon Diggs and Bobby Wagner are both in the top thirty. I guess Trayvon Diggs did have a great year. Um, how about the disrespect for your boy Lamar? Thirty-six. That's a former MVP. Was formerly number one on this list. But this I, is why I this remember. exercise. And now he's below Kevin Byard. Right. Like, yeah. When Kevin Byard comes up 34, great player. But that just makes me think, like, that, someone put him number one. That's great like bigger his, stuff in the box. Right. His teammate yeah. or a lot of Titans filled him out that day. Or someone put him one because they just freaking love Kevin Byard. And that's Someone's fine. trying to tell me that Corey Lindsley is more valuable than Russell Wilson, according to this well, list. Well, it's just better. Better. Yeah doesn't make sense. Yeah, right. Zach Martin is always buried uh, in like the 70s, even though he's like a first time, a first ballot type <laughs> Hall of Fame guy. And he's now he's like never in the top 50. We have nothing to do with it. All right. Wait, really what? quick. I just yeah. want to say I'm disappointed that we got through a whole segment called What's More Likely. And nobody mentioned Ravens rookie tight end Isaiah Likely. Mm. Oh. It's just so easy. Maybe yeah. that's why we didn't do it. Maybe we all thought of it. and we we're like, it's too easy. Too easy. I mean, also, as a, as a producer, you could have potentially thrown that out before the show if someone wanted to weave it in if it was so valuable. I tried slacking or, it to Greg, but I don't think he saw it. You could uh, have done... I wouldn't have done it. Likely, <laughs> and you could have found a guy, you know, let Rondell Moore. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, had an opportunity. Yeah, that's good, yeah. You had an opportunity, Justin, to ride Rondale in on Rondell Moore, Isaiah Likely. You know, see, it just doesn't make any sense, but... I missed fun. it. Elijah Moore also, but whatever. Oh, Sean Payton, by the way, doing his first work for Fox, I saw over the weekend and did the halftime One show. And, and he went and he went hard on this joke in the, the way that he said it twice. He's like, I think he's likely to make the roster, um, which was not only like a bad dad joke, but kind of showed that he wasn't totally locked into what was going on because like he was locked to make the roster like a, a long time ago. So you're saying that Sean Payton is not doing his homework in this broadcasting gig? That clearly is just a way to get make on. $9 million before he becomes a coach next year? 
He looked youthful, I thought. More yeah. youthful than he did uh, on the sidelines a year happy. ago. He looked happy. I think yeah. Jay Glazer is one of his best friends in the world, and they're just palling around up there. All right, we're heading into the weekend, Mark. Uh, anything you want to share about your plans? Not really. I, why would I share them? I I don't think it's a good idea to tell people where I'll be or what I'll be right. doing. Right. You don't have to give specifics, but if you... I mean, I also, I don't know. I, it's what I like about the like, stretch like that. You go find out on your own. Absolutely. Adventure. Good stuff. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. We're getting closer. We're inside two weeks. Kickoff. Ten years. That'll be the end of our weekends. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.